We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher. That's the director of recruiting, Ryan Roberts. And, you know, there's a little bit of a quarterback theme today for some reason. I think there might be some big announcement tonight. Um, reminder, we will have two shows today. This is show numero uno. We will also have a show tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, five-star quarterback C.J. Carr is planning to make his decision between Notre Dame, Michigan, was a Georgia, LSU, Michigan State, and in, in, in uh, Wisconsin are the, the top contenders. Obviously, Notre Dame is a top contender. Michigan, Wisconsin are definitely big contenders. Michigan State, and I would say of the of the two SEC schools, Georgia's the more realistic because he's actually been there. So he, I don't believe he ever visited LSU. So those are the main players for CJ Carr. He'll make his decision at seven o'clock tonight, and we'll kind of have a conversation about that. But Ryan, beforehand, I really wanted to have some fun with the topic, and that's what this show is meant to be, is, you know, we're, we're, we're going to give honest opinions and analysis, but it's meant to be sort of a fun topic. And the reality is, is that Notre Dame, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Notre Dame can't recruit top quarterbacks, and I would argue that that's never been a problem. We could go through the long list of players, but what I think you and I agree on is that there is a very talented quarterback on the current roster. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is recruiting at this point, a extremely talented quarterback in the 2023 class in Dante Moore. And Notre Dame is recruiting and hopes to land a very, very talented quarterback in the 2024 class in CJ Carr. And a lot of the discussion we've had with the quarterback position when we talk about the offense and its chance to have success this year in 2022 is Notre Dame needs something to give its offensive recruiting a push. And that's kind of the premise of this conversation. The foundation is is all three of the potential options for Notre Dame right now, or any combination of the options, is going to benefit Notre Dame. It's what and, and the premise is essentially what will have the biggest impact on Notre Dame recruiting in the twenty three, and to a degree the twenty four class. With main focus being on twenty three because that's the class that is going to have the the soonest impact at Notre Dame. And so the premise is is, is on that is what will have the biggest impact on 23. And then we can also mention down the road, because I think the answers kind of change as you put more variables into it. But we're going to kind of focus more on the 23 class. And so we're going to kind of get down to it and talk about some different scenarios. But the the heart of it is, is it a breakout season from Tyler Buckner, which we think would result in the offense being very good? Would it be Notre Dame landing Dante Moore? Or would it be Notre Dame landing landing CJ Card? Now, obviously, if all three happen, Notre Dame's going to have back to back number one classes. I mean, right? But uh, you know, independently, which one independently is going to have the biggest impact on 2023 recruiting? So, how we want to start this off, Ryan, is kind of stating the case for each of those options, mm-hmm. and we'll just go oldest to youngest and kind of talk about those, and then dive into some scenarios, and then kind of give our two cents on how we think it's going to play out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To begin, let's, uh, well, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go oldest to youngest. I was going to think about maybe reverse that, but let's go oldest to youngest. Let's start with Tyler Buckner and the importance of the 2022 season and his performance on setting the stage for this Notre Dame staff to be able to go out and recruit the best of the best and land an elite offensive class in 2023. I think it's a known commodity thing, right? I mean, we're assuming if Tyler Buckner takes that step and he is a great player in the 2022 season, that that's going to rub off on a lot of these 2023 wide receivers and the rest of the class to be like, well, I want to play with that guy, right? I mean, we can talk about Dante Moore and CJ Carr all we want and I think we're both in favor that they could be very, very good quarterbacks on the, on the next level. But the fact of the matter is, is that we don't know that yet, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is a lot of projection and there is projection with Buckner right this second, but this is assuming that he has a big time season in 2022. And if he has that, then he's a known commodity. There's no projecting of what is Dante Moore going to be. There's no projecting of what is CJ Carr going to be. You have a known commodity at that point. I think that we're, 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 we're just kind of a, a community, and this is everyone, not just people in here, not just myself, but the next thing is always the best thing, right? And that's not always the case. Tyler Buckner was also a top 50 overall recruit, five, you know, bordering five-star even after missing his senior season because of COVID and everything. And, I mean, he's a really talented player. So I don't want to undersell the talent level of, of a – Tyler Buckner, I think the biggest thing for me, Brian, is if he has a big 2022 season, why would you not want to come play with him? Because he's going to be there at least one more year, maybe two more years. But yeah. I think it even goes beyond just him. I think that that my argument for Buckner would be, and again, we're going to kind of lay out a case for all three of them. So each case is going to sound very pro that player. And that's kind of the point of what we're doing here. And then we'll want to hear from all of you what your what your view is. But the, the other part is it's not even just about Tyler Buckner. I think it's about the offense as a whole. I think there's still, and you talk to, to kids a lot, right? There's still a lot of, well, I think, and they say they're going to without as much evidence of they have, right? So like Alabama can point to, look what our offense has been. Clemson can point to how many times they've scored over 40 points a game. Ohio State can talk to a quarterback and be like, you know, look what we're doing point to a receiver like look what we've done LSU can can do the same thing even though the coaches are different at LSU they can still point to the recent success at the school and that works I mean whether we think it should or shouldn't it works so when you look at the the top programs they are able to prove to offensive recruits look at what we've done based on film and I've talked about this in the past where it's one thing to be able to show on a board what we would like to do. It's another thing to be able to go out and do it. And I think that that's why the second half of last season was so impactful. But now they need to prove that they can do it over the course of a year and that they can do it against the better teams on the schedule. I think that's going to be the key. So it's not even just about Tyler Buckner. It's about the offense as a whole proving that it can be a dynamic, explosive group. I don't think running back recruiting is a problem, as we've seen. I don't think offensive line recruiting has been a problem. I think where it has become an issue is quarterback recruiting to a degree, but more so I think it comes down to receiver recruiting 
I think is really the thing for me. And then also, I think it impacts defensive recruiting because you don't have to feel the need that we have to hold everybody to 17 points in a big game if we're going to win the game. And that's going to be one of the things that people are going to point out. Like, hey, man, you know, yeah, they're pretty good on defense, but, you know, they've scored 14 points, three points, and 10 points, right, in their in – their, or 14 points in their three postseason championship game situation. So, you know, you come here, we'll take some of that pressure off of you. So I think it has a big impact in that regard as well. And I'll make one more case. Well, actually, I'm going to hold off on that case for, mm-hmm. for Buckner down, for down the road. Yeah. Next guy in line would be mm-hmm. 2023 quarterback Dante Moore, a guy that we've talked a ton about on this channel. Another five-star quarterback, top 10 player overall right now in the t- class of 2023. And a guy that we've talked a lot about right in the past as being sort of a potential Pied Piper for the Notre Dame 2023 recruiting class. What kind of impact would he have on recruiting first the 2023 class, focusing on the 2023 class? I mean, it, it's huge. I, I don't think that you can – I don't think that you can undersell how important it would be if Dante Moore was in this class. Cause we've talked a lot on this channel, Brian, about just the timing of it. Right. Cause we, we, <clears throat> we thought for a while, excuse me, that Notre Dame is, is obviously in a great spot with Dante Moore. And it's now like, can they pull the trigger and get him into the class? Cause that, cause you want that snowball effect to start early, right? Like it's easy to sell a team when you say that's our guy, right? Like we know the quarterback position. I don't have to tell anybody this, this is common knowledge. Quarterback is the most important position in sports. It is paramount to have a player at that position. And when you have him, it's a symbol almost at that point, right? And it's like, that's the symbol of our class. And people are going to want to follow that, right? And I think that it would drastically improve just the selling point. Because I think that Notre Dame is in a good spot with a lot of different wide receivers, with a couple more offensive linemen that have to come, a couple more defenders. They have a board of guys that are trending very good directions with Notre Dame. But the fact of the matter is, is that no one here could tell me if Dante Moore was in this class right now that it would not improve those odds for each one right. of those players. That is the it's a symbol thing, right? It's a quarterback is the symbol. It's the driving force. And it's easy to sell a program when you have a player with the perception that Dante Moore is. I think the perception part is the key because n- nobody knows what Dante Moore is going to do in college or CJ Carr or Malachi Nelson or Arch Manning or anybody else, right? It's about the perception of I feel I'm going to have a much better shot to be effective and at that next level if that guy's throwing me the football. And we've heard that time and time and time again. And the reason it's important is because big-time players that catch the football want to make sure that they're playing with someone who can throw the football at a very high level. And Dante clearly has that reputation and that ability to be that kind of player. So I, I think that's another case where when you can – and I think it also breaks down a lot of walls and barriers, right? I mean, Tyler Buckner was a – a West Coast kid from a private school and all that other kind of stuff. You know, there was a lot of buzz was gone about him because he couldn't play his senior year and all that kind of stuff. Where Dante Moore is the big name now, you know, and, and that's the one thing is, while well, another guy is ascending and another guy is trying to get his reputation back. The one guy that right now has that big time player uh, kind of aura around him and, and reputation around him is Dante Moore. And, and the other thing too is he's spent the last, you know, six months building up a relationship with a lot of Notre Dame's uncommitted players and not just for Notre Dame. I mean, but just in general, you know, building that connection. So I think when you, when you also look at it is Tommy Reese wants a quarterback more than anything that can sit in the pocket and pick you apart. And, and that's what I think is, um, you know, when you go back to Tyler Buckner, it's, it's not, it's not even just that Tyler Buckner needs to have a big year part of that big year has to be a really effective throwing year. Like if Tyler Buckner's like a good pat, if Tyler Buckner's a better version of Brandon Wimbush, I, and Notre Dame's got a great offense. I don't think that moves the needle with receivers, right? Where maybe he throws for like 2,200 yards, but he rushes for like 1,400, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think that moves the needle with receivers. I think it has to be a situation where he really shows he can sit in a pocket and shred you. He's going to need some big passing games on top of the running for that to be an impact with Dante and and with the kid we'll get to next, that's an, a, a, part, a part of what they have already. So what we're trying to do is kind of draw a you know, state. We're stating the case for each guy. And with Dante, I think the advantage that he has where him committing now, if it let's say hypothetically he were to pick Notre Dame this summer, it would have a big impact because there are several months where we're not going to know what the offense is going to look like, where you could already start having an impact on recruits. 
because you got that kid and because there is the perception that Dante is a sit back, pick you apart, be accurate, get the ball where it needs to go quarterback, and kids want to play with that. And there'd be a greater confidence. Well, I don't need to see what Notre Dame can be this year because I'm going to play with that guy. So doesn't maybe matter as much to them if Tyler Buckner's in the class or you know has a good year because that's fine. Buckner had a great year, but I'm playing with number with number five. That's who I'm going to play with. Right. So I think that's where his his impact would be at that yeah, point. It's it's more of it's more of a timing thing, right? I mean, 2023, mm-hmm. it's like CJ's a year behind in theory. So maybe during my best years, if I'm a big time kid, I might not even play that much with CJ. But if Dante comes, that is the guy during my time, right? Like so I think I think the timing wise, Dante makes the most sense in this argument just because I mean, he's a 2023 kid. He, you know exactly what class he's going to be in. I know there's been some talk about CJ, what class he'll end up being in. I think he's a 2024 kid when it's all said and done. And at, at the end of the day, Dante Moore is the most absolute to being there during your time and your duration and playing right. football. Let's get into the third quarterback. And this is kind of a day that's going to be a lot of, about him, talking about him. We'll carry his decision tonight. Should Notre Dame land CJ Carr tonight? And again, we have to we have to see if that's going to be the case tonight. Should be around a little after seven o'clock. How does that impact the 2023 class? And again, I think this conversation is going to even grow more when we bring in other variables into the conversation. But just kind of looking at it, I think this is the one when you just take the very narrow view of the 2023 class. I think I would probably rank CJ Carr third of that group. But here's the case where I think a guy like C.J. Carr could help. If he picks Notre Dame tonight, it's going to be super early. Which, And right now, he doesn't have the relationship with the 2023 recruits. But because he would commit so soon, hypothetically, then it would be a situation where he'd have a lot of time to connect with them and build that relationship with them. So I think that he's kind of playing behind the – he's been connecting with 2024 kids. I mean, we saw him at camp this weekend – his relationship with Cam Williams and Jack Larson, which had already begun before they got to the camp, you know, and, and, and Cam Williams had talked about how he's known CJ Carr and they've talked for a long time. So, I mean, he's doing a lot of things with the 2024 class that Dante Moore has done with the 2023 class, which is building that connection. So if you're going to talk about who's going to have a bigger impact on multiple recruiting classes or on the 24 class it would be CJ Carr. So the only way that he's going to be able to have a big impact on the 23 class is if he makes a decision soon, which he is tonight. He's going to make his decision and uh, pick between, like I said, Notre Dame and, and Michigan and, and Wisconsin and some other schools. So I think he would probably rank third, but I think the fact that he is a five-star quarterback, I think a lot because so much of the discussion for so long has been about Dante Moore because he's the, the, the current you know rising senior class. I think a lot of people forget that we're not talking about a kid that's a top 125 kid that we're hoping kind of pans out and becomes a decent player. We're talking about a kid who's a five-star recruit today. And we're talking about a kid who, you know, I read a report from John Garcia, the director of recruiting at SL American from a, a elite 11 in Nashville. And Nico was there, right? I mean, the, the, the Brock Glenn, who's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the country was there. Uh, there was a couple other like big time quarterbacks that were there, and the guy that once stole the show was CJ Carr, and he set the you know the whatever the previous high was for the the pro day thing, which is just a lot about accuracy and different type of things. He set the rec- the, the the for this year he set the highest standard for for that drill, passing the kid that's committed to Baylor that a bunch of people are trying to flip. So you know it, it's him that stole the show. So he's an ascending player, and I think that's where if he were to make a decision. What you're going to see is a lot of 2023 kids are going to be like, okay, who's this kid that don't know him? Who's this kid? And what they're going to see is five-star quarterback, big-time pedigree, and a kid who's just ripping it up this offseason in the different camps. And then they start watching this film. They're going to be like, wow, this kid's this kid can play too. So I think CJ would have to come behind a little bit, come from behind a little bit on the 23 class. But I think that landing him would also give Notre Dame a chance in the long run to have an impact on – the 2023 recruits. And, and I think that there's things that Notre Dame can say that CJ could say, Ryan, that would, would negate what the legitimate point you brought up of, you know, am I going to even play with this guy in my best years? 
Right. And, I, and from from what I think the Notre Dame staff would say, I think that they're going to quickly, you know, dispel that. Because let's say you don't get a big time quarterback at twenty three, the reality would be Buckner comes back for twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four. You know, so or no, twenty one, yeah. So he was twenty four. So the twenty twenty four quarterback would come in, redshirt as a freshman, and then as a redshirt freshman is taken over. Right. That's that's the, the trend it would go. So you're going to play if you're a twenty twenty three kid. You're going to play at least your main season with him as the five-star quarterback. If you're like a guy that's a three and out, right? Or if you're a player who is is going to be a a junior senior type of guy, you're going to you'd play with him. So that would be the answer to: Am I going to play with him in my best years? Yeah, possibly if he's mm-hmm. able to win that job. So I think that would be the message that CJ would be able to to send to kids: Is yeah, you may play with Buckner your first couple of years, and he's a great player, and that's where that's important. But you know, look your, your your main years, your money years, your NFL, you know, draft status years are going to be with me. And here's right. what I can here's what I can do. And it's a very similar message to what Dante Moore would be able to sell because again, it's about who's next after Tyler Buckner. So they're both going to start at the same in the same year, assuming Tyler Buckner is the quarterback we think he's going to be. So. I think that would be the message. That would be the way they'd be able to to massage that narrative to make it fit, right? And we're being honest. I mean, you're massaging a narrative to make it fit. That's what you do in recruiting, right? Right. So I think that would be the case for CJ. And, and I think another similar thing to Dante Moore. You mentioned the per, the word perception a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we both mentioned that five star quarterback CJ Carr. You have that next to your name, right? That is a mm-hmm. big selling point. I also think it's very paramount, Brian, although I don't think either of us are overly worried about the trend of where Michigan football is going, but Michigan football is a huge brand. There's Mm -hmm. no question about that. And the fact that your grandfather was Lloyd Carr, who was Mm -hmm. a very successful coach during the majority of his Michigan career, and you are picking Notre Dame, that is a big like yeah whoa that's, that's and, and, and we're not saying this in a petty take a shot at michigan kind no. of way ryan it's a we're no. being practical it's like mm-hmm. look that michigan's coming off a playoff berth and it's not a shot at michigan it's more about what does that say like somebody asked on the message board today if cj Carr picks notre dame what does that say about michigan and my response was more of a you know to, in this format is like but what does that say about notre dame i think it says a lot more about notre dame than it does about michigan you know, because no one's going to tell me that Lloyd Carr has not in that family have nothing but great feelings about the University of Michigan. I think his mom went there. I believe his dad right. went there. Right. And, and so, you know, if you remember his older brother, uh, his brother, Chad, that passed away, died of uh, cancer. And the family did all those things about that. That that, that was that was CJ's brother. Mm-hmm. You know, that was all done through the University of Michigan. There's nothing but love for the University of Michigan. So if it picks Notre Dame, it's not a what does that say about Michigan? It's more of a, what does that say about Notre Dame? And that's where the point that Ryan's making is that's going to send, that's going to send some shockwaves through it. I mean, we were saying that a few months ago, like Ryan, when we first heard about CJ Carr, cause I was told back in, was it like February that the Notre Dame coaches loved CJ Carr. I love Dante more too. This isn't like a, you know, a spin thing. Loved CJ Carr. And we're and, and we knew that he had a legitimate interest, but it's just kind of like, were they really going to be able to get Lloyd Carr's grandson to come to Notre Dame? Like, I just don't see it. And the fact that they were able to do it, and and it's not like Michigan's not recruiting him hard. It's not like there's an issue there. People are like, well, does the the grandfather have hard? But no, the grandfather's the whole they're letting CJ make the best decision for himself. And right now, if he choose, if he says Notre Dame's the one, I think it would send. I think that would be the thing that could help him kind of narrow that that gap between him and Dante from a perception standpoint, because that would be sort of a shockwave type of situation of not only did Notre Dame sign a five-star quarterback, but wow, yeah. they beat Michigan for a, a legacy recruit, which is not easy to do. In a no, lot. I mean, was, that's, that was the thing with Walker Howard, same thing when they were trying to recruit him last year. It's like, you really going to get Walker Howard away from the school where his dad played? Even through all the turmoil that Michigan was going through, or I mean, LSU was going through, they still got him. It's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to not get those kids. In my now, opinion, if anything, what I was trying to say was I was trying to compliment Michigan, right. right? Like they have a big brand. It would say so much to the Notre Dame coaching staff that you're able to get a legacy away from a university that's right in their backyard. I mean, he lives in the state of Michigan. It's not like mm-hmm. he is a distant relative and he lives in a different part yeah. of the country. Saline like he, is right outside of Ann Arbor. Right. 
Right. He was born in Michigan, grew up. I'm sure he went to a lot of Michigan Wolverines games during his during his life. Like it's it's close to him, right? So I think that that's the perception of Notre Dame, not the perception mm-hmm. of Michigan. Not a shot at Michigan, I right. promise. It's more like, wow, that's crazy that Notre Dame pulled that off. Like that is impressive that they pulled right. that off. So let's look at it from a from another direction, Ryan. And I want to kind of wrap up the immediacy of the 2023 class. And here's and I want to kind of rank the impact. And as of today, for me, it's Tyler Buckner. And it's for the reasons that we talked about. It's all the the aspects of what he can do to show that now that Tommy, because here's the big thing. It, it's kind of like you talk about shock waves when you talk about CJ Carr, if he picks if he picks Notre Dame over Michigan and what that would mean. If, if Tommy Reese can go out in his first year post Brian Kelly and just put an offense on the field, you're like, wow. It's going to be like, see, it's what everybody has said is true. It may not be true. It just may be that even if Kelly was here, the offense would have been great because of the talent coming back and all that type of stuff, right? We don't we don't know. But that's going to be the perception, and I'll believe that to be true. <laughs> but that's a different story if we're being objective. It would be kind of a shockwave thing like, oh, okay, Marcus Freeman's look – what, look what's happening under Marcus Freeman. Like Marcus Freeman, defensive coach, opened up the offense. That's a hot place to go play right now, right? Because de- recruiting elite players on defense is not a problem. Hasn't been since the moment Marcus Freeman arrived. They've done a nice job on offense – They've got two really good top 100 receivers since Marcus Freeman arrived, right? Tobias Merriweather last year, Braylon James this year. They've got some decent, some good running backs, right? Jadarian Price has committed since then. Obviously, he was still the defensive coordinator. But, you know, Jabron Payne and and in this class, Jaden Lamar, obviously done well at tight end. Offensive line's been pretty good. But it's just not to the same level as the defense. If they put that product on the field in year one, it sends shockwaves, and that doesn't happen without Tyler Buckner, assuming it's not just a he's a runner that can, you know, he can't be like part of the reason I'm optimistic about this season is I and I want to say to people, like, if he is just a slightly better passing version of, of Brandon Wimbush, this offense is going to be electric. We've already seen that. I mean, the 2017 offensive line was better than this one, but this is going to be a really good offensive line. But look at the skill players they were putting out the first half of that year. They tried to beat Georgia with Freddie Canteen and Chris Fink and and Cam Smith, right? I mean, they Alizé Mack was a nice tight end. He was not. He was not Michael Mayer, right? And and the running back room was, you know, they were they were going in games with, when Josh Adams get banged up, but like Deion McIntosh and Tony Jones, good running backs, especially Tony. Dexter Williams is banged up. They only had like 36 carries that year, 38 carries that year. This running back room is, to me, every bit as good as that room. So if if he's a better passing version of Brandon Wimbush, and nobody in their right mind should think he's going to be anywhere close to the level Brandon Wimbush was in 2017. But if he's just a slightly better version of Brandon Wimbush, this offense is going to be electric. To me, though, to really truly have that big impact on recruiting, it's got to be one where he's thrown for at least 2,800 yards next year. It has to have some – and there has to be some big-time passing games where you can point to and say, hey, look, you know, here, here's what we're doing and here's the opportunities you have. So I think it's Buckner number one would be my pick for the immediate impact when we're just looking at the 2023 recruiting class. Buckner would be my number one. What say you? Yeah, I, I would – I went back and forth about this, honestly, Brian. I know we talked a little bit before the show about it. And hearing all the points that we laid out, which is a great conversation because we're laying out all these points. I'm starting to like rethink myself a little bit, you know, I think I would go Dante Moore still. I think I would. I think it's just the immediacy and and understanding of what the timeline is, right? Mm -hmm. Like for 2023, that is because, I mean, he's the classmate, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that it's very easy for a wide, I'm just thinking wide receiver recruiting for a second because you mm-hmm. think of guys like Jaden Greathouse and Ronan Hannafin and all these talented receivers that are still on the board. I think it's easier for them to look at a Dante Moore and be like, oh, that's our guy. You know, right. like even though Tyler Buckner might be the guy for part of your career, I think it's just easier for your own class to look at the guy and say, like, yeah, that's definitely me. While if, if let's say in the perfect world, you get Dante Moore, you get CJ Carr, and you have Tyler Buckner playing at a high level the timeline is going to kind of be if you're a Jaden Greathouse, it's a, let's say a four-year player. Well, you kind of illustrated before he might only be playing with CJ Carr for maybe a year, possibly, but it would be a money year. It would be a pretty important year. year. 
It would be a money year. Yeah. I'm not not disagreeing with that part about it at all. I just think when you are selling the recruits, I think it's sure. I just think it's easier for them to look at their own class quarterback and be like, "That's our guy," right? Like that's I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah, my my whole thing is the 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 way, and that's why I said Notre Dame can massage the message because it takes massaging. Which is, look, you may be in school longer with Dante, but you're not going to be in the starting lineup with him any longer than you would the other guy. Because Tyler Buckner is going to be here for 2024. Now, what if Tyler Buckner gets hurt? What if he doesn't pan out? What if he is so good the next two years he goes pro after his junior year? But they're not going to sit there and have that conversation, right? They're going to have a different one. Here's why, and, and I'm just go. Who, who who do you think is number two? Here's why I'm going to mistake the case for CJ Carr being number two. Timing. Because the reality of it is if Notre Dame were to land Dante Moore based on what Dante is telling people and what his dad is telling people, it's not going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. He, he he hasn't set up an official visit to Notre Dame yet, right? And that's probably going to happen in the fall, from what I'm told, if 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 that if that happens. So the other part of it is CJ Carr is going to have at least two months of being able to work on recruiting in a situation where the other quarterback we're discussing, even if he eventually did pick Notre Dame, is still looking at other schools. And you can't, and this is what we've said before. I've been told in the past that that you know that Dante really connects with the Notre Dame commits, but at the end of the day. If you're not actually committed in a public fashion, it's not going to have the same impact. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to Notre Dame. Oh, you're going to be there this weekend? No, no, I'm going to Texas A&M. No, no, I'm going to Michigan. I'm going to LSU. I'm going to Oregon. I'm going to Florida. We got a weird way of being committed to somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it just won't have that same impact. Where if, it, like, to your point, I, I would, I would, I would agree with you about Dante if Dante was making his decision tonight. Mm-hmm. But because it's probably going to get drawn out, and I don't think this is Dante's choice. I think it's what other people around him want, not what he wants. Yeah, that that impacts it. And I think that the timing has to be part of this. If we're having a trying to have a realistic conversation, the the timing of it has to be part of the conversation. Because one kid is at adamant saying, "Hey, this is where I want to be," right, and the other kid would not be. Again, we're working with the assumption, you know, hypothetically for the sake of argument that that CJ Carr did pick Notre Dame tonight for the, for the sake of this discussion. Right. So I think that has to be considered as part of the conversation too, Ryan, is if we get into the real world specifics of when these things are all supposed to happen, Buckner and Carr are going to be able to have a more immediate impact because the other kid won't even be in the class at that point in time. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think my hesitancy with picking CJ that high is just simply because I think the biggest impact he could have, because in this world we're talking about right now, we're assuming that all three of these guys land with Notre Dame. Right. I think the biggest impact that CJ Carr would have is if Dante Moore did not land with Notre Dame and he kind of picks up the pieces a little bit and then he becomes now the ringleader or the Pied Piper or whatever you want to call him, right? Like then he becomes the symbol to pick up the pieces. And I think that's where his biggest impact could come from because – like, oh, man, we don't have our big-time quarterback in 2023. We'll see what happens with the rest of the board. Here comes CJ selling the vision. Right. Guys, I'm going to be there, though. I got right. y'all, right? Like, that's where I think his biggest impact. So, actually, for number two, I went with Tyler Buckner. Okay. Because I think, Brian, that for a pipeline to start, for a trend to start, there has to be the guy that starts it, right? Like, there has to be the guy that lights the match. And I think that has. To, I think that can be Tyler Buckner. He could start the trend where we've seen good quarterbacks at Notre Dame. Jack Cohn was a good quarterback. Ian Book was a good quarterback. They were good quarterbacks, but they weren't mm-hmm. difference makers, right? right? I think that Tyler Buckner has that chance to be a difference maker and to right. start that trend. That's why, for me, he would be number two, slightly over CJ, because I just think in this hypothetical, CJ is not as impactful unless something negative happens mm-hmm. in this in this scenario. Obviously, I had Buckner number one, so I'm not going to argue with him being your number two. I completely understand that. I think that what happens on the field this year is going to have a huge impact on the, on the 2020. When we're talking 2023 class, I still think what happens on the field is going to have the biggest impact because there's a lot of receipt for two reasons. Number one is you may miss on some kids right now, but you know, kid may go to Tennessee or Ohio State or whatever, but you go out and do what Tommy Reese. Was has been telling kids they're going to do. Why? Why did like nobody thinks people are going to stop recruiting Notre Dame players? Every time a Notre Dame player gets mentioned with another school, it, it, it's it's a it's like 
panic mode, like meltdown mode, right? Why do people think that Notre Dame's going to stop recruiting other top receivers? And if they're able, because there's, look, you and I both know there's some receivers that like Notre Dame a lot this year, but it's just like, I, I just, I, I don't have faith in the, you know, I, I can't, I don't have faith in the offense compared to what other schools can already show me that they've done. That's just, that's a fact. We've had those conversations. That changes. And if you're still recruiting those kids, now all of a sudden that could have, I mean, so it, it could have the, that, that if you're going to flip a kid, it's not because you got CJ Carr or Dante Moore. It's going to be because you go out and put a product on the field that shows this kid that you want to be part of that. And then the quarterback becomes a secondary option to, to the, to the equation. So I think, that's where number one. So obviously, I'm not going to push back against your number two. Obviously, it makes sense for me to have Dante Moore number three again because I'm talking timing, and that's the whole thing. Is of the three things we're talking about, Tyler Buckner's impact on the offense, Dante Moore making a decision. Again, we're working with the hypothetical that all 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 that both quarterbacks pick Notre Dame for the sake of our argument and discussion of the show. And then C.J. Carr, again, I, the reason I put Dante third is not because I have changed my opinion about anything I've said about him the last six months or to a year. It's timing, right? It's it's I can't have as big of an impact as Tyler Buckner, what he's on the field, and what C.J. Carr is doing if I'm not in the class. And if this thing carries into October, November, December, he's not going to have – most of the big-time players are going to be somewhere else. They're not going to be in the class or they're going to still be in the Notre Dame class. But because of the other factors, it's going to be much harder for Notre Dame. If let's say Dante Moore waits until December for argument's sake, who's Notre Dame flipping in December? Who's Notre Dame getting to change their mind in December? It's it's not going to happen. Right. And especially if he goes through, because like a lot of these visits he's made this summer are unofficials. He still has a lot of official visits. left. He's only, I think, only used two official visits so far. Correct. Maybe even one, maybe just one. Was Oregon an official? I think that was an unofficial, and wasn't it? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll go check. But either LSU or Florida, one of those two was an official. But my understanding is the LSU, the Texas A&M visit is going to be an unofficial. So he keeps talking about wanting to use all his official visits. I think he's only used one so far. Two at the most. So, you know, if he's going to stick to what the, the plan that I think his dad has laid out for him, that the, there's we're still a long way away whether Dante wants this thing to be over or not. It, it, I think Dante's wanted this thing to be over for a while, but he's not, he's not driving that bus. That's the reality of it. And so that's kind of, so that's why he's third for me. It's not a, it's not a ranking of who's the better player. Who's the most important. It's none of that. It's just comes down to timing. Sure. And, you know, and I think that's going to, I mean, the guy that's going to have the greater impact is the guy that has proven he wants to be at that school, Mm -hmm. you know, especially the one the fastest. Let's, let's pull this out. Let's stretch this sucker out a little bit, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And talk about the combination of 23 and 24 recruiting. I think this is where it actually gets a little bit more interesting to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it just does. So I don't want to give away things. So let's let's expand it out and talk 23 and 24 recruiting. How does your how does your answer change or not? if we're talking about 23 and 24 recruiting classes to get like meaning being successful in both of them. Yeah. Moving forward. It, it changes it slightly for me. It changes my two and three. I'm still number one with Dante Moore Cause I think that, you know, it's the duration part of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's there. 2024 is only a year behind. So when those Can I ask a are, question real quick? Yeah, of course. Are you working with the assumption when you say that, that Dante is going to would then make a decision soon? Or are you still like not necessarily does the timing impact it? It impacts 2023. It doesn't impact 2024 that much for okay. me though. So that's okay. just kind of like working into that equation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm still, I am still working on the assumption though, that it's going to be before the season starts of a decision. Right. So I still think it's going to be a summer decision in my hypothetical, at least in okay. my mind. So okay. working through that, I, I still think it's Dante. Because the 2024 kids are going to be there when Dante's a dude, you know, mm-hmm. in, in theory. CJ will have obviously bigger in the 2024 impact, but not as much as the 2023 compared to Dante. So that's why he's a little behind. The one that flips for me is I would actually put CJ Carr now at number two and Tyler Buckner at number three. Okay. Because I think that the 2024 impact with CJ Carr is obviously going to be higher than what Tyler Buckner will have because Tyler will just be at the end of it, right? Like that's pretty much it. Unless you have a 2024 kid who is a 
instant impact type of dude, it might not matter how good Tyler Buckner is at that point. It's right. going to matter how good Dante Mora is and how good CJ Carr is. So I would have Dante Moore number one, CJ Carr number two, mm-hmm. and then I would have Tyler Buckner number three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I think that's fair. I I would I would still I would still have Buckner number one because he's still going to be starting quarterback the next year too, if he's putting up those numbers. I always think the and it comes down to philosophy, Ryan. What what do you believe has the biggest impact on recruiting? And and I think this is where there's a lot of there's a lot of different directions people could go with this because it's not the same for every player. I still believe the on field product has the biggest say. Now. Here's where you get interesting is Tyler Buckner could put up big numbers, but if Notre Dame doesn't win, right? I mean, that's obviously a part of it as well. But I think you and I both believe if the offense is scoring a lot of points, <laughs> Notre Dame's going to be pretty hard to beat. So I, I still go with the on-field product, but but I think the 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 more interesting dynamic you talk about the timing. So I want to I'm going to ask you this, Ryan. Let's say that you know because what we've been given from our sources initially was Dante won a decision by you know, by, by, early, by end of spring, we're, we're kind of at the end of spring now, now we're being told end of the summer, but then we're told there's a good possibility now that it's going to go into the season. So in the last week is when I really started hearing like legitimate talk about this is going to go into the season. If that happens, let's say he takes two to three official visits during the season. Those are going to happen in September and October. So at the earliest, he's going to be making decisions in October, right? Let's say he doesn't make a decision until October, November. Does that change your answer at all? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Because with with CJ potentially coming to Notre Dame tonight, if that were to happen, that timing is just too far away now, right? It's not like it's just like a couple months difference. Now we're talking about several months. So in that instance, for the 2023 and 2024 impact, I would probably have CJ at number one, and then Dante moves down in the, in the pecking okay. order. Because my assumption, again, is that end of summer commitment right if it, if it strays into the fall for the 2023 kids it's it's like okay most of those kids are already going to be making their decisions by then right so like that's going to mm-hmm. be not impactful in that way and then honestly it, it's going to sound critical i guess a little bit but i mean if i was a 2024 kid and i'm looking at a star quarterback like dante Moore, and it took him this long to to right. make his decision does he really want to be a notre dame you know so like does it matter long term Cause I think you just made a great point. I think if he draft, I think if he makes a summer decision, I would probably rethink my, my, my ranking and, and it would look similar to yours, very similar to yours. So I think the, the assumption of the timing is important to understand the ranking. Cause I, like I said, if I knew that he was going to commit by the end of July, my, my stance would probably change. And then that'll get us into our final, our final thing. But uh, that to me is, is the, is the big key because if, if it goes down to the end, I mean, think of all the rumors that have been spread about Dante now, most of which have been either exaggerated or just not true. And like, like oh, Dante has his hand out. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. There, the, imagine what the, the rumors are going to be like in, October, November, and December for him. And and even if he did make a decision for Notre Dame, it's going to be like, okay, but what if Tyler, if Tyler Buckner plays really well this year, then the thought is going to be, the discussion will be, well, what if Buckner doesn't go pro? Is Dante really going to sit for two years? Or is he going to up and we're going through this whole thing again after a freshman year? Now, I think that's unfair to Dante Moore because we have no evidence that he's going to transfer. I mean, if anything, the only evidence we have is that Dante was unwilling to make a public commitment to anywhere until he went through the process because he doesn't want to decommit. He wants to make one decision. So I think the only evidence we have is that he wants to make one decision wherever it is and stick with it. But that 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 doesn't mean that the you know the rumors are still going to spread. And I think that's something that could hurt recruiting as well. Is even if he does pick Notre Dame way late, 
the thought is, like you said, Ryan, is he going to stay? If he's not, if Buckner's playing well and he's not starting, is he going to want to stay? If Buckner's playing poorly, then I think that even adds to like, okay, yeah, he's going there because, you know, he wants to, he's going to be the guy, you know, beat beat guy out his first year kind of thing. So I think that's a big part of it too. Is I think the timing is going to impact the perception of how, like you said, I think you nailed it, Ryan. How sold is he on Notre Dame? Right. Whereas that's why the timing thing is important for CJ Carr because if CJ picks Notre Dame tonight, you're like, this dude not only made a summer decision, he made a summer decision before his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. The legacy aspect of Utah, all those things kind of factor in. You're like, dude, that guy wants to be here because he doesn't. He didn't. Ha- he doesn't have to make a decision now. This isn't a race to beat Dante Moore to making a decision. This this is CJ has decided that he he is ready to make a decision because wherever he's going to go. He's like, that's where I want to be. Because he's talked in the past about he's in no rush. Right. So he's not in a rush now. It's just when you know, you know, and he's figured out who that is. And we're going to find out tonight what's tonight what school that is. But if for the sake of argument, if it's Notre Dame, I think that's going to send shockwaves. And I think there's always going to be that lingering concern of did he did Dante really want to be at Notre Dame? Now, I think that would be unfair because if he picks Notre Dame, I would say absolutely he did. I, th- I think that's where he's always wanted to. He has always wanted to go. But I think it would, that perception would be there, and I wonder if that would be enough to make some people wonder: like, is he really? Does he really want to be here? Because let's just let's work with the assumption. Let's say let's say CJ Carr picks Michigan or Wisconsin or Georgia tonight, hypothetically, mm-hmm. and then Dante carries this thing into the fall. I, I I don't see how that helps Notre Dame, right? I don't because I, especially if like what you said is, but I don't even know if that guy even wants to be here, right? And I think that could be a hindrance. But if he, it, to, it, but if he makes an earlier decision, then obviously that would change. I think the reason that I would say, see, I, I'm, and that's the reason I would go with CJ Carr again is over here is because of the timing. It's not about. I mean, everybody knows I have a uh, fifty shows of evidence to show what I think Dante Moore committing Notre Dame would how it would impact Notre Dame. I don't. I don't take back any of that. I'm looking at it from a timing standpoint. Those comments were made thinking this was going to be a late spring decision. That changes things. The timing is the only thing that changes things, Ryan. So for me, I think that Dante would have some relationship building to do in 2024 kids like CJ would have with 2023 kids. And it would be a very similar thing. So that's a way that I look at it. So final piece, Ryan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? What happens for Notre Dame if all three happen? What does Notre Dame's recruiting look like if they are able to get? Because, you know, let's play it out this way. Buckner has a big year. No, no, no. Let's, let's go chronologically. Let's say hypothet for the sake of this discussion, they get CJ Carr tonight. Then Buckner goes out and has a big year. And then Dante makes a fall late fall decision, and he picks Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for Notre Dame? Well, I mean, long term, are we just, just, just twenty three and twenty four recruiting? Just twenty three and twenty five. I mean, mm-hmm. it's with a more extended. Well, no, it doesn't even matter because with CJ Carr in the class in this hypothetical picking tonight, I mean, it balloons. I mean, it is. I I, I can't even. Brian, I mean, we're sitting, and I, I don't know how unnatural this is, right? Because we're, we're sitting here now with two commits in the class already for Notre Dame in the 2024 cycle, which seems very early to me. Mm-hmm. After tonight, it could be three, and it could be a big-time quarterback in that mix already. I mean, we're talking about just the impact of C.J. Carr for the 2024 class is going to be just exponential, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that 2024 class is going to just – and if he is able to bridge the gap, even if Dante Moore does not commit in this hypothetical until a little later in going into the fall season, then we're talking about, you know, he has an opportunity. Like you said, he has time to sell himself to the 2023 recruits that he doesn't know too often. But if you also get Dante in the class, you have a chance to have number one class in the country mm-hmm. the next few years. You do. I, I think that that's the upside for it. I don't think that that is too over the top. I don't think that that is too outlandish. I think that it's possible. You are now putting yourself in a conversation where I can recruit with anyone Mm -hmm. in college football. There's no more 
oh, but you you have this again going against you. You have that going against you. It doesn't matter anymore. If you mm-hmm. have back-to-back classes with two five-star quarterbacks and the recruiting staff that Notre Dame has intact right now, sky's the limit, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. But that goes back to the original premise of the question, Ryan, why it's important to land top quarterbacks. I mean, look, Tate Martell had a big impact on Ohio State finishing out with, a, I think, a number one ranked class. He did nothing. It was actually pretty awful in college as a quarterback. But the impact was already made. They got they got the help. And I think that's that's the importance of landing a big night big time quarterback. Not a kid who not a Joe Burrow or a Mac Jones who end up being great and then help your recruiting down the road because of their success. We're talking about a quarterback whose reputation is such that he impacts who you get before he ever takes a snap. I think that's what both Dante and I think the one thing that no matter what, take timing aside, take all that aside, both of those kids carry that kind of weight. And both of those kids carry, I'm going to impact multiple, by myself, I'm impacting multiple classes by picking Notre Dame. And the other case is going to be the same way. So I think that is going to be that is going to be the part. And if you get both of them, I don't. I think if CJ Carr commits in our name tonight, then there then it doesn't matter when Dante Moore makes a decision. Agree. Because I because as I said, I think that Tyler Buckner playing well and getting CJ Carr is going to have a big impact on twenty twenty three. Let's take a guy like Jaden Greathouse. Let's just say great Jaden Greathouse is kind of on the fence. What would be one of the things that's holding Jaden Greathouse back? Who's going to be throwing me the football? Exactly. Well, now you know. Mm-hmm. Right now, now, you know, it's going to be Tyler Buckner and then CJ Carr. Right? right. And then Dante Moore becomes icing on the cake. And then I would say the same thing if the reverse were true. If let's say Dante Moore was deciding tonight and CJ Carr wasn't going to decide till the next spring or next winter. Right. It, as long as he still comes, it's going to have the impact. You got to get that one guy now. And that's how guys like Jaden Greathouse, Ronan Hannafin, you know, players like that can kind of have that. You know what? This is where I want to be because now I know who's going to be throwing me the football. Because I think that's the one hesitation a lot of these receivers have that we both know like Notre Dame a lot. Not every kid's like Braylon James, where it's like, yeah, it matters to me who's going to throw me the football. But it's not a deal breaker because Notre Dame has all the other things I'm looking for. Uh, most receivers have have some of that with that Braylon James has, but the who's throwing me the ball thing matters just as much, if not more. That's just the reality. And that's not wrong. That's not a wrong thing. That's not a criticism. So I think that's where having one of them committing now is vitally important for Notre Dame. And I think that's where if they can land CJ tonight, it's going to be impactful. It's going to be impactful. Maybe not quite as impactful on 23 alone as getting Dante. I think we both agree on that. If we just look at 23, uh, if, you know, who, if, if, if they, if you say one of the two is going to commit tonight and it's Dante, he would have a greater impact on, on Notre Dame's recruiting the 2023 class. I don't think anyone should be able to dispute that. But when you add the timing of it into the case, that's where things change a bit for me. I think it, is that a fair yeah. way of looking at it. No, no, it's, I think the timeline conversation is a big piece of it, right? Like I think that because again, working on the assumption we've been working under for a long time now that it was spring, then it's summer. Now if it's trickling into the fall, that, cuts off the impact that you can have on the 2023 mm-hmm. class, right? So I agree with you. That definitely at least levels the playing field. If not, mm-hmm. CJ has a higher, you know, impact at that point, right. depending on when he when right. Dante would pop in this scenario. The other part of this that just kind of popped in my head, wherever CJ Carr goes, you and I have talked to enough 2024 commits to to know that those kids talk about CJ the way that 2023 kids talk about Dante. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Yeah. So the other part of it is, is you start getting 2024 kids to pop. That puts a little bit more pressure on some of these 2023 kids that want to go to Notre Dame, but want to go through the process first. (laughs) Hey man, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we may be filling those, those spots with some dudes behind you that want to be here. So I think that's another thing that just kind of popped in my head too, that the timing of this, again, we're just taking this independent of, the other two situations could have an impact too on some of these kids that maybe wanted to let the process draw out a little bit. Something else I just thought of, Ryan. So I do agree though, that, that if Notre Dame was somehow able to kind of do a trifecta here, 
<laughs> it would be, I mean, a giant tsunami f- of of momentum for Notre Dame. It would be I mean, insane. We're already talking about a, a, a team that's got the number one rec- recruiting class in 23, had the number six recruiting class last year. And right now, looking at, at rivals in 247, they've got the number five class in in 2024 simply because of numbers they've got two and florida state has like four yeah but if you start looking at like you know average star ranking and things like that notre dame's in a a good early place then you start adding a a five-star kid into the mix and all of a sudden it's like okay um this is uh this is a little bit of a different different deal so it's it's going to be interesting how it plays out it really is well, I mean, really? can we can we speak to a second just the impact of the of the recruiting staff for a second? Because I mean, look what I think that's one thing that people don't talk about enough. It's like number one recruiting class on multiple recruiting platforms in 2023, and they don't have a quarterback in the class, mm-hmm. right? Like it's how uh, the the volume and the quality that Notre Dame is able to has been able to land in 2023 without a major quarterback in the class as of right now. I don't think people appreciate that enough. Mm-hmm. Like that is per, that is very difficult to do. Very yeah. difficult. If Notre Dame were to land CJ Carr, it would jump them all the way up to number two in the two four seven sports rankings. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about uh, rivals. I'm actually getting ready to go. I'm factoring that one up now, but it's a little easier to figure out when you're looking at two four seven because they've got that class calculator. You can just pop in a dude and see what the updated points would be. Uh, but with CJ Carr, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I believe it would be just give me one second here, real quick, uh, to kind of figure this out because I, I think that matters. I mean, I think again when you're when you've got the back-to-back elite classes, I think that 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 plays a big role in it. So that's 135. He is the number 22 overall player nationally according to Rivals. So okay, so that is 58 points there. For number 22, he would get 135 points for being a 6.0 star guy. So he alone would give you 193 points, which, if you look at the rivals' rankings, would give Notre Dame a total of 434 points, which would make them the number two class in the according to rivals as well. Considering again that Florida State has one more kid, and they're they're extra, their fourth is a three star. So you know, and, and again, I think you and I believe that. There's at least two guys that we know of that if he picks Notre Dame tonight are going to pop quickly for Notre Dame. Right. right. Highly ranked guys. So very quickly, he his commitment would result in Notre Dame becoming the number one ranked team in 2024. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll make it'll make our summer very busy and fun, <laughs> Ryan. There's no doubt about it. I mean, this week's already busy. Can you imagine? Yeah, I know, right? Like? <laughs> so, moral of the story, that landing a big-time quarterback is very important, but just as important, and depending on the, the the criteria in which you discuss the conversation, it's also very important that Tyler Buckner come, comes out and has a successful year. I think that a five-star quarterback can overcome a lack of on-field success, but there's going to be some kids who are going to have a harder time buying into that. If you can combine landing a five-star quarterback with Tyler Buckner showing that he is that guy too, I think that's where Notre Dame becomes a force that is going to be very hard to compete, contend with. So right. even if it's just one of the two five-star quarterbacks, if you can only get one of them, right? And the other one, they, you know, the other one's not going to go to the same school as the other one. Let's just say hypothetically that were the case. If Tyler Buckner does what we think he's capable of and they get that five-star quarterback, Ryan, I think that that alone is going to make for Notre Dame to be a very, very difficult team to defeat on the recruiting trail, barring something bad happening. <laughs> so that's the exciting thing that, that Notre Dame fans should take a lot of joy in should one of those two kids pop here soon. we mm-hmm.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com